Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We talk today to Mark Chalmers, the CEO of Energy Fuels. We discuss some of the conversations coming out of DC with regards to the Nuclear Fuel Working Group. Plus, we get into detail with regards to their mill and what makes them different. Revenue coming in from the land cleanup contracts, vanadium, and some general questions sent in by some of our listeners. Hiya, Mike. How are you? Very good, man. How are you? Ready for the Christmas break, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I told you I put my Christmas tie on just for you Very and good. your viewers. What have you got there? You, you got these little, like, little Christmas penguins. Little Christmas penguins, lovely. Thanks for um, taking the call. We, we just wanted to catch up. We haven't spoken in a while. Um, obviously, it's all quiet on the Western Front at the moment with regards to DC. Anything you've heard? Any news? Well, look, look, it has been quiet, um, you know, and we still always say we'd rather have a, a slow yes and a fast no. Um, I mean, there is there is noise, um, uh, you know, coming out of D.C., um, you know, the recent confirmation of uh, Secretary Briette uh, during his confirmation hearings. He did uh, uh, what was asked about the uh, nuclear fuel working group. Uh, he made some comments, you know, and said that, you know, he was very proud of, you know, the product. It was uh, finishing touches were being put on that, uh, but but quite positive, um, you know, and there there's, continues to be, you know, a lot of speculation. Uh, you know, there were some uh, stories out of Bloomberg, um, uh, you know, recently uh, there's a few op-eds, uh, uh, one op-ed just done a few days ago by Stephen Moore. So, yeah, there's a lot of speculation, but we haven't seen a lot of action um, at this point in time, but you, but you've had feet on the ground in D.C. and there's there's nothing anyone's saying. Well, look, I um, I was in D.C. a couple of weeks ago and had I think some thirty different meetings um, with um, you know some of the um, various agencies and some of those people on the hill and and again I think that the the message is clear. It's been received. Uh, people understand uh, the importance of the fuel cycle. A lot of people learned a lot about the fuel cycle in the last few months. Um, and uh, I think there's, there's, there's broad support to do something. So um, it's just, it's really now about uh, getting that driven uh, into a final decision for, and, and on the president's desk to, 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 to go forward. Right. And you think with the appointment of the new secretary that this will rise to the top of the agenda again, because obviously the Republicans are fending off a lot of uh, a lot from the Democrats on several fronts at the moment. Do you think that will continue to be a distraction? Well, look, look. I think um, it, it is a kind of an interesting time in D.C., but uh, I think that uh, you know the administration is continuing to uh, uh, you know work and try to advance. Um, uh, you know, the sort of the platform of the administration and, uh, you know, they, but they, there's a lot of noise in the background. Uh, look, the, uh, I, I have met with the DOE and I, I think that, again, uh, they're very supportive. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, as I said, during the confirmation hearings, uh, you know, we believe um, Secretary Briette uh, uh, is supportive. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. You know, there's never any guarantee here, but, you uh, you know, we're closer than we've ever been. And, um, you know, you know, we have successfully basically put this uh, 
uh, if it wasn't on the president's desk twice, it's, it's uh, on the president's desk once and, and, and not far away from his desk. Okay. Let's, for the sake of everyone listening to this, let's, let's get away from the macro story for a bit. I think we're, everyone in the market is quite tired of talking the macro oh. story. It, it's coming. We all think it's coming. Question of when. I'm not going to ask you when. So I want to get into some, into some specifics. You've had, we've had some questions sent in to us by some of your investors, uh, some of our subscribers. So can we kick off with the mill? I want to understand it better. Okay. So you've got a mill. Yeah. It can. It has and can process uh, uranium ore. It can also process vanadium. Um, can I just can you give us a little description of what it has done in the past? What what's its sort of optimal output first of all? You know what's it set up to do? Well, it, it has a license capacity of about eight million pounds per year of um, uranium. I think the max it's ever produced uh, is about five million pounds. Um, that was really a limitation on uh, the amount of feed that was available uh, for the mill, um, but. Um, you know, it, it has produced about five million pounds, which is a, it's a lot of uranium. Um, but, you know, as I said before, you know, between the uranium, vanadium, um, the alternate feed, which has really kept this mill alive um, uh, for decades uh, because it could generate revenue that was unrelated to uranium and vanadium prices. So, um, uh, you know, we have, um, in addition to, to being able to licenses to, to uh, process uranium vanadium ores, um, we have, I think it's 17 or 18 additional licenses that allow us to process other feeds uh, that are not uh, primary ores. And, um, and those have been received over uh, a couple decades. And, um, and now this is not high level uh, uranium. This is low level material, natural uranium um, that uh, is in different forms and shapes, like we've got material over the years from uh, Converdine and Honeywell um, at the Metropolis plant. We've gotten stuff from Cameco, um, uh, the Corps of Engineers and, and others. And, and as I, I said, I think previously, we're currently accepting um, low grade material from a uranium mine that's not on the Navajo Nation, but uh, uh, is in New Mexico. So uh, that, that's the secret of the mill. Right. The mill can do lots of things. And it's got li licenses to do lots of things. Okay, that, that's I didn't realize that. Um, so let's talk about that feedstock a little bit more, a little bit more detail. So you, Energy Fuels, how, how much feedstock can you put into your own mill and how much comes from other sources, whether it be other, other companies or other um, lines of feed? What, what's the numbers? Yeah. Well, the, the thing the thing with the alternate feed is it's it's highly variable. It uh, uh, sometimes I mean historically we've probably done five to fifteen million dollars a year of the alternate feed uh, cleanup, um, and and it will come in slugs. Um, it's fairly consistent, but it's it's not something that you know is is like constant day to day and what shows up. Um, I mean to put it into perspective, we recycled about. Uh, uh, four to five hundred thousand pounds of uranium per year on average, somewhere in that order. That's equivalent to one nuclear um, reactor, um, uh, a fuel load power reactor. Um, so you know, it's 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 quite material. 
Um, but it, again, highly variable. Now, uh, given enough uh, feed, it can be greater than the, the five to fifteen million dollars a year, and and that's where we've tried to expand it with uh, things like uh, cleanup of uh, the abandoned mines on the the um, Navajo Nation or other uh, mines in the region. Right. So, th- so that's t- that's talking about the, the the kind of clean cleanup component. But I'm talking about like, let's say price recovery and discovery comes back. You can get back into mining properly. It doesn't matter what the price is. You're, you're, it's at a price where you think it was commercial to get back into mining. What's what's the size of your resource, and you know, how quickly do you get up to you know, uh, you know, meaningful output with which to feed your own mill? I mean, can you describe yeah. that process? Well, um, I mean, the mill um, the mill needs a certain critical mass to be. Um, um, you know, kind of at a sort of a optimal stage. I mean, look, the mill needs to run uh, generally about a million and a half pounds, maybe two million pounds per year um, of primary ores uh, to get sort of the critical masses. It has the capability to go up if you have more primary ores. Um, but as I said, it it, um, it also has the ability to augment that with, with some of these other feeds. Um, I mean, sure, the economics of scale, you know, ultimately would be best at, you know, six to eight million pounds per year, um, you know, which we haven't yet achieved uh, in a number of years, but uh, we could achieve it at, at, you know, given the right circumstances. So it is a hungry mill. Um, and and I look forward to the day when it is fully utilized 100%. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that gives us a sense of the type of output that you guys are aiming for from your own asset base suggests to me that you're going to need to speak to or, or you expect to speak to a number of other feedstock suppliers um, presumably within a catchment area um, US US mines um, clearly again they're nowhere near being able to mine at the moment the prices just aren't there um, but are those I mean, have you got some sort of some sort of sense of how how much ore you're you're going to want to put through the mill initially versus you know when you're sort of optimized because it hasn't operated fully for some time, has yeah, it? Yeah, look, it it, it um, the the mill is um, is designed for two thousand tons per day, so I think it's around seven hundred thousand pounds per year. Right. Um, we generally uh, don't like to start the mill up for anything less than a hundred thousand tons. Uh, for a, a proper run, but uh, you know, look, we would we'd like to feed it with you know two three hundred thousand tons uh, a year of feed, um, and um, or more. But uh, you know, and, and sort of a, a really a, a sweet spot for us is that two three hundred thousand tons per year of feed plus some of the alternate feed, and uh, we have a, a, a you know very strong cash flow in those circumstances. So. Um, the, uh, you know, like we said, the mill is unique and, and it being the only, um, you know, permitted conventional mill in the United States, uh, and the fact that it's never ran at full capacity in that region, you know, it really is kind of interesting in that it doesn't really make sense to have a second mill or third mill, uh, in the region because we have the ability to take just about everything the region can, can give up. Okay, that, that's interesting. And so, how how do you go about setting a a charge, a fee? I mean, how do you determine what that number needs to be? Is it a percentage of what spot is or what market di- dictates? Yeah. I mean, how, how how do you work it out? Well, look, look, in um, you know, we've we've 
it, it's been done a number of ways in the past. Um, you know, over the last year or two, we've been telling people if they want um, sort of assured access to the mill with the right economics that, you know, we'd consider a joint venture uh, of some sort. Um, but, uh, you know, if, uh, for example, the government had uh, was agreeing to buy a certain amount of uranium at the right price, you know, historically, we would, uh, uh, you know, have people deliver their ores to the, the site. Um, we would process it and we would sell that into uh, whatever contracts or purchasing arrangements uh, that we had with either utilities or um, like the U.S. government. So, um, I mean, usually um, the miners, uh, they might get, you know, in the order of 50% of the value of the ore or 40% of the value of the ore delivered to the site. And we would take the rest for processing and for marketing in that order. You know, I don't want to be nailed down to the exact terms because not all, all ores are created equal. Some have, um, you know, different requirements for uh, reagents and whatnot. But but um, that, that's generally how it works is people can deliver X amount of ore at a certain grade uh, at our facility. We would then uh, process it and sell it into the commercial markets. Uh, we'd have all marketing rights um, to, to, to do that. Right. I mean, that leads on to a nice point. I mean, not I say not all ores are born equal. You know, some are low grade, some are higher. And it's, I know it's all relative, but there's got to be issues for some of the lower grade ores in the US, the point where it doesn't make economic sense to be able to ship it to you. It doesn't make economic sense to be able to build their own mill, even if it's a smaller pilot mill type structure. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at it from an investor's point of view. Like, what, how do I identify companies which, quite frankly, just economically aren't going to be able to stack up? They may be able to get it out of the ground, but they're not going to be able to get this thing processed and therefore they're not going to be able to make any money yeah look look um it, it complicates it because they don't have the you know control of the agenda i mean we have the control of the agenda with the mill um but but look over over time um uh in going back you know 20 30 40 years ago um there there were companies that could actually um and it was really not so much uh, like public companies. They were more private companies, you know, uh, sole proprietor type uh, operations. It could make a, a, a fairly decent profit off of toll milling at, you know, in the right circumstances. But look, it's just it's just a bit more complicated. You know, there used to be 20 some mills. Um, a number of those would, would toll process. So, you know, if you didn't like the terms with mill a you could go to mill b or c mm. um you know and it may have to transport it further or whatnot or it may have a different circuit or mm. something so uh or not have a vanadium circuit not all of them have vanadium circuits so look it's um it, it it's 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 variable we own the mill we control the district um we would like to see some of these smaller other mines open up at some stage um because we have the room to, to take that material in the right circumstance at the right pricing. If it doesn't make sense, um, you know, we won't do it. Um, and, you know, and, 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 but really the, these other companies have to take the risk of mining, uh, you know, on their own, um, you know, their own risk, you know? So, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, 
it's mining. Well, I mean, that's that's my point here. You know, the longer we study this uh, uranium space, the you know, the the more disconnect I think there is between investors and understanding the realities of mining. The fundamentals don't change. You know, grade remains important. Being able to get it out of the ground remains important. Management teams who have done it before remains really, really important. And one of the questions that keeps coming back, it's not going away, is, is there a discussion to be had, or are there discussions being had with regards to, you mentioned JVs, but the question is, mergers, it would seem sensible for some companies who perhaps haven't got the full um, capabilities to do you know and end to end producing and selling into the market to get together whether it be club together as a JV or be open to you know like I say some 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 sort of merger of, of, of at least at asset level I mean is that have those conversations happened with you Are you aware of any oh look I think there's a number of people that have been out there kicking tires. Um, you know, the the problem that we're in right now is that, um, you know, people don't have revenue and, and they don't they don't have profits or negative cash flow. So, you know, I, I, I think uh, for me as sort of as a conservative, you know, I hate to take, uh, you know, a negative cash flow and add to another negative cash flow, you know, to 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 make a really big negative cash flow. Um, you know, we're in a position where um, you know, we, 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 we think we'll get relief um, that will, will push us to a positive cash flow uh, soon, hopefully, you know, not guaranteed, but we think we'll get there. And once I have a uh, line of sight to positive cash flow, then acquisitions look um, more appealing to, to myself and to energy fuels. Um, and I think that uh, particularly in those circumstances where we have the mill and the facilities ready uh, in positive cash flow, you know, some of these other companies that have uh, a decent project uh, that are negative cash flowing. And, and you know, we, we know there's a, there's a few out there that are quite prominent. Um, then it makes more sense because you can't keep diluting forever. Well, that, that, that's our read of the situation. I just you know, wanted to understand, you know, if there had been any conversations with you and other groups uh, I know your conservative position. Um, are you saying then you haven't had conversations with other companies yet? Oh, look, look at um, you know I've only I've been back about three three and a half years, and and you know every six months or something somebody might you know ask if they if we might be interested in and and look at we we're not um, opposed to to looking at what that might look like, but you know at this point in time, as I said, we we've got uh, we're we're asset rich. We're asset rich, yeah. and um, you only need so many assets until uh, we see improvement in the market. But what do you mean by asset rich? When you say you know you you can produce a million and a half, maybe two million um, tons for your own mill, you're, that you're still a huge capacity there at your mill. You're saying, well, I don't want to don't want to necessarily go out and commit capital expenditure yet. Yeah, look, look, when I, I'm, when we're, I know we're just talking about the mill, but we also have our, our ISR facilities as well too, um, and um, you know, and we're we're you know we're continuing to permit Roca Honda, uh, which could be uh, you know two and a half, three million pounds per year from that facility alone. It's still a, a few years off on the permits and stuff, but but you know, as I said, you know, when you when you have um, 
fully constructed, fully permitted um, mines, mills, production facilities, it costs money to 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 keep those in compliance and and in in good standing. And um, and you know, so when I say we're asset rich, you know, we've got three production centers, we've got a number of mines, we've got large land holding position that all costs money. Um, you know, I I I I guess the point I'm making is, you know, when we've got you know, the largest position in the United States um, by far, uh, and actually probably one of the largest positions in the world for these smaller companies, um, you know, we, we, we want line of sight to cash flow. Okay, fair enough. No, understood. Um, that's a fair point. Um, can we move on to land cleanup? You have mentioned it previously and uh, earlier. Um, do you know what, I've looked at your Q3 financials, but can you do you know what you're going to end up making on the New Mexico cleanup? Yeah, look, um, you know I can't go into all the details, but um, you know we're paid a fee uh, to receive the material, and we receive um, the contained uranium in that low grade ore. Uh, you know is is uh, when we process it, we'll be able to receive that to our account. Um, but it's it, it's 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 quite a reasonable arrangement, mm. um, and it is quite uh, reasonable in the, the types of things that uh, we certainly could entertain with uh, cleanup on the Navajo Nation. Um, we're still having some very, I think, productive discussions with, um, uh, you know, a number of parties on, um, you know, who are interested in having access to the mill. Um, but but the funny thing about the alternate feed and the cleanup is, as we, 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 it's kind of like horse trading. Um, there's times where the, the grade is high enough that we'll take it for free, material for free. Sometimes people pay a fee um, and we don't keep the uranium um, uh, or the, the, you know, the value of the uranium or some combination thereof. So it can be very variable um, depending on the quantity, uh, the grades, uh, the metallurgy and whatnot. So, um, but, um, you know, I think, I think, um, on the Navajo Nation, uh, particularly, uh, I think that um, the tribe is is quite uh, anxious to start uh, seeing some progress. Um, you know, they really have been studying this for a lot of years. Um, you know, it's basically overall is, is 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 you know being managed by the U.S. EPA. You got the Navajo EPA. Um, so no, we're we're very very open to helping getting this going sooner rather than later. Okay, but um, if, we can, but, if they want to utilize the facility, right? But to answer the question, so I appreciate maybe you can't get into the numbers. Just tell me if you can't. But the range that you mentioned in the Q3 financials was between seven hundred thousand and three point five million as a um, as revenues payable. Do you expect it at the higher end or the lower end? As I said, Matt, I don't want to go into the details, okay. but um, you know, generally speaking, you know, we try to get fees that that uh, uh, you know process, um, you know, cover the processing fees so that we don't lose money on it, even if we don't recover the uranium. But no, look, it can be. Uh, it's not the the core focus of the business. You've heard me say that before, sure. but it is a very unique space. Um, uh, we have had companies come and and uh, say that you know they would like to. You know, participate in that somehow. You know, on the other end, not not as uh, using the facility, but but being an investor. 
but we we um, you know we find it's just a unique spot that um, nobody else has in this space. So you're not losing money. You might be making money, and it's contributing towards your overheads. And, and it depends where we run the ore, um, the price of the uranium at the time we run the ore. So, you know, it, it, I'm mean, not trying to be evasive here, but it, it, it's, um, uh, it, it's hard to, to quantify. But I will say this, that um, the mill, you know, in the three years I've been um, back with Energy Fuels, um, you know, generally speaking, the mill's been cash positive. Um, just off of what it's been doing. So okay. that in itself kind of, uh, you know, says uh, a lot to where it can fit in. Now, you know, we're also, in addition to, you know, the, the, the cleanup in New Mexico, uh, pursuing the Navajo Nation and some of these other alternate feeds, we've always got proposals out to two, three, four other companies uh, for other material um, that um, they have that they're looking at uh, options for uh, you know dealing with that material um, and and as we've done for the last couple decades okay and and you, you, you've got you've got contract or quotes out people are you winning quotes or people remaining static like the rest of the uranium yeah, what, look at, what's happening well as I said um, you know people have material they 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 ask can we use the mill uh, the first thing we have to do is is find out, you know, I said we had these 17 or 18 different permits that uh, have been approved by the state of Utah. Uh, we got to make sure that it is, um, uh, you know, covered by those um, uh, by those permits. Uh, if it isn't, um, we we do have the ability to go in for a permit amendment to, to you know, add another uh, type of stream. The uh, state of Utah wants to make sure that uh, uh, one, you know, we can recover uranium. Two, uh, the material is suitable for our um, facility, including our tailings facility. So there's a review that goes on. Um, so um, it, as I said, it's like we're trading. You know, people. Uh, it's amazing because people uh, around the world, um, you know, recognize that White Mesa can do these uh, unique uh, treating these unique streams. And uh, even when I was at WNA. I'm sitting on a bus and a gentleman reaches over and says, hey, uh, you guys have got White Mesa Mill and, you know, we'd like to, you know, see if we could run cer certain streams of material uh, through that mill in, in, in at some point in time. And so um, it's just a unique little nut that, um, um, and, and as I said, the, the biggest problem with alternate feed over time is we're not trying to make it our core business, um, but the variability of when you get the material, um, you know, when it shows up, what the pricing is and whatnot, okay. and, and when you run it. I mean, sometimes we'll put this stuff on the site and it may sit for, you know, six months or a year or something until we decide it's time to process it. Okay. So you're trying to, you're, you're, you're in commercial conversations all the time about just keeping, keeping the thing ticking over. Can I come back to Navajo Nation? You talk about the Navajo Nation EPA there. I get that you want to and you're open to, but that's a long-running conversation. When's someone going to pull the trigger on that? Well, as I said, ultimately, you know, the EPA has uh, responsibility for the process. You know, they're they're looking at, um, you know, a no number of options. Like, for example, some of this low-level material, just bury it in place, um, you know, near these mines. Um, uh, take it off-site and, and uh, do direct disposal in a maybe a government, um, uh, you know, funded, um, 
you know, disposal site, but then they can't recover the uranium. You know, I mean, they certainly are aware, uh, both Navajo uh, EPA and the EPA, uh, federal EPA, uh, that White Mesa, where it's located and what it can do. Um, as I said, we've, we've done government contracts in the past, including the Corps of Engineers. So, uh, but it, it, it's really the trade-offs on cost, um, trucking distance, um, the amount of contained uranium, you know, all those variables, um, you know, may make sense that there could be, um, you know, two or three options to dispose of the lowest grade material on site, um, you know, offsite disposal for you know, some of the sort of the medium kind of uh, grade material and then uh, processing for the uranium at White Mesa for the higher grade material. So, um, but they have a very prescriptive uh, process um, uh, that requires a number of studies to be done and, 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 and in some cases public comment. Um, the, um, there's a number of settlement agreements that have been signed with a number of uh, the companies that had past involvement with some of those mines, uh, you know, there are, um, you know, some restrictions on how they use the funds. So, you know, it gets to be sort of a, um, can be complicated, but we're trying to make it simple because uh, we're ready to go now. Um, as I said, um, you know, we're already doing something very similar with this, this project in New Mexico. So, um, you know, we don't need to study it. We, you know, we'll take material today right? if, if we have the opportunity. Okay. So there's a, there's a fund sitting there waiting to pay for these studies, but no one's pulled the trigger on those studies yet. And until those studies happen, there's no, you could, there's no sense of what's there in terms of high grade, low grade, or, you know, or what even to do with it. And therefore, a no public uh, consultation period done yet. So, I mean, that gives us a sense that it's, this thing's going to, it could take a while, doesn't it? Well, no, it's, there's been studies going on on these, these sites for, for years now. Right. And, and, um, and I don't know how much has been spent studying it, but, you know, I'm going to throw out a number of, you know, a hundred, $200 million, 300 million of studying some of these different wow. sites. So there's a lot of money been spent with uh, engineering companies and EPA and, um, you know, they have, um, you know, reclaimed some of the sites um, at some level. Uh, so there is money being spent on it. Um, but, you know, I think, um, you know, it's I, I, I think the government um, over time, you know, and I, I'm not trying to say this in a negative perspective, but isn't necessarily the best project manager when it comes to be spending these kind of funds. So. You know, I think you need some sort of partnership to come out with the best outcomes, and that's basically what we're trying to to offer up uh, to the EPA, to the Navajo Nation, um, as a viable, um, you know, commercially attractive alternative while recycling a lot of this material that wouldn't be recycled otherwise. Wow. Sounds like I, you want to be in the engineering business if they've spent that amount on engineering, No, right? yeah, well... Yeah, look, look at the, the engineering companies, um, you know, this is a big project for them. There's a lot of interest in it. Um, but, you know, we, we say let's, uh, uh, let's not study it to death. Let's, let's, you know, get some loaders going and clean things up and get some work done. I think you're right. And I, and I wasn't being flippant, but I think, you know, that's a lot of money spent on an, a lot of analysis without actually there, doing it. And, I, and, I, and that, that frustrates a lot of people, including the, the, um, Navajo. Um, the people on the Navajo Nation, they're, yeah. they're saying you know, all these mines were mined in the, 
you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they've been sitting there for, you know, 40 years or 30 years, and they just like something done. Get on with it. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, can I just talk about Vanadium? I think you did answer this in your, um, again, Q3 financials, but I just, it, it was asked, so I'm going to ask you. Um, Obviously, vanadium prices come down to about a quarter of what it was at the beginning of this year, even. Um, so, what are you doing with the vanadium which you are mining? Well, we're um, make, putting most of it in the inventory. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know the exact number now, but you know, we're we're probably around you know me and a half uh, plus uh, pounds of of high purity. Uh, vanadium, you know, um, you know, high, uh, you know, 99.6 or 7%. Um, we, we've sold a little bit of it, um, a lot. And, and, and we're trying to target sort of the, the, um, um, you know, the premium markets that, uh, you know, can pay an extra, you know, dollar two pound extra mm-hmm. because it's the high quality. Um, we have sold a few, um, truckloads to some of those, uh, potential purchasers, um, but, um, yeah, no, it, it was a wild ride. Um, you know, the price went up nearly to 30 bucks, uh, in, you know, we had planned to, uh, hopefully sell it for around, you know, 17, $18 per pound. Um, and now it's, you know, five, $6 a pound, depending on, you know, what, what, uh, uh, review you're looking at and what part of the world. But, um, but what we have done, uh, which we're very proud of is that, um, you know, we've, proven we can produce this high quality vanadium. Um, we've got a lot of young people that hadn't uh, been tasked with running the vanadium plant um, um, and they've done an excellent job. Uh, in some cases they've done um, better than some of the old time guys just because they weren't kind of constrained to the way we always did it. Um, so they've done uh, a very good job and, um, and, and we're very positive that uh, the lessons learned um, you know, puts us in a good position uh, when we go back to, you know, conventional mining and milling of traditional uranium vanadium ores. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think some of the big guys like Largo and Bushveld have been hit pretty hard too with the obviously decline in price, but I think the general outlook is very positive. So you're basically, you're stockpiling the vanadium you're producing, waiting for the price to pick up again to whatever level yeah, you we've got, determine. we've got drums of vanadium sitting out there ready to go and... Okay. and um, and I think I told you, Matt, in the past when we've discussed that uh, when I was involved or worked with Union Carbide 30, 40 years ago, um, you know, vanadium was, was, was volatile back then um, like it is now. And, and, and Carbide told me that the only way you can, you can capture the market is to have uh, inventory. So, so you know, we, we hope not to be put in a position we have to sell it at low prices. Hmm. Um, so our goal is to, you know, keep a... Uh, a nice supply they're ready to go that can be uh, dispatched in a matter of a day or something if required. Right, okay. So you're piling up the cash. Okay, um, I don't think there's too much more to say about that one. So can I, some, okay, maths test for you now, sent in by someone. So we're trying to work out value of your company when you get to a point where you think you can get back into production. Okay, so you've said to me in the past it's about 55 bucks the spot price needs to get to before you think that it makes sense for energy fuels to kind of get going again. Is that, is that still your number? 
Yeah, look, the 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 magic number for for sustainability. I mean, I'm talking about um, you know reinvesting and you know starting up some new projects. I think it's about sixty five dollars. Mm. But when the price uranium uh, goes north of fifty, uh, we start doing things at different sites. Okay, mm. but um, you know the, the sustainability of in this business. And I'm talking sustaining capital and you know, investing in, uh, you know, more permits and, you know, buying equipment is, is, is closer to $65. Now, I want to remind um, your viewers and yourself that, like, when we closed out our, um, our uranium contracts a year ago, um, you know, that was, um, you know, in the $60 a pound range. So, you know, in the 60s, it's not unheard of, um, you know, when it comes to long-term contracts, uh, you know, from six, seven, eight years ago. So, um, but um, yeah, north of 50, we start getting uh, excited. Right. Okay. So if that is the case, we look at your price today, you look at your share price today, you look at your market cap today, like everyone, it's it's been hammered. Um, you, you know, there's nothing really to base it on. These, these, these are just arbitrary numbers. It almost feels like for the uranium companies at the moment. What, what, what do you think your natural state is? What's your natural market cap? What's your natural well, share price? Well, look, look I, I, I think with the right um, uranium prices, you know, going 50, 55, up towards 60, uh, in the 60s, um, you know, we should become a, a billion dollar market cap company. Um, you know, that would... Uh, um, you know, or, or north of that, um, you know, I work for uh, Paladin Energy and we got to, you know, five or six billion dollars with, uh, you know, in a better market. Um, you know, I tell people and I'm happy to, to say this, that, you know, my uh, uh, incentives, uh, I get share appreciation rights that vest at five dollars a share, seven dollars a share and ten dollars a share. Um, the board, um, you know, uh, you know, awarded those to the key executives. Um, you know, with the view that uh, that's what it takes to become a billion dollar company. So, um, you know, I don't see any reason we can't get there in the right pricing environment. Um, so, um, you know, I tell um, I tell investors that, you know, um, you know, if, if, if they're they're wanting, you know, multiple bagger uh, kind of uh, returns, uh, that's how my incentive uh, are largely structured. Right. Uh, on that, 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 uh, you know, that kind of return. But so what's the formula you've used in your head there to, to get to a billion plus bucks? Okay. So what's happening in the company yeah. to allow you to well, come up with that to, number? To, I, I think to get to billion dollar kind of market cap, um, we've got to have line of sight for, um, you know, two and a half, two, three, four million pounds per year of, of, of uranium production. Um, you know, so, you know, I'm not saying you get there overnight, but um, I think the first step I, I, I've said to you in the past that we have the kind of this first rung, which is, you know, that uh, one and a half to two and a half million pounds of production uh, that we're hoping that, um, you know, the, the working group will deliver an outcome that is, um, you know, kind of gets us, um, you know, going that direction. Um, and then with improved uranium markets, positive cash flow, um, um, you know, then, then he then he hit the billion dollars. So um, as I said, there's no exact um, uh, roadmap of how you get there. But um, you know, if you go back to that, you know, 2007 2008 period with uh, you know Uranium One, um, you know Paladin, a few others, 
you know, they, they, they became, you know, multi-billion dollar companies uh, in many cases without any revenue, you know, but, but I, I'm saying we get to that million plus or billion plus, um, you know, showing that, that uh, we're ramping up and we have revenue and we have, um, you know, positive cash flows. How, do you, how, how quickly do you get to two million um, pounds? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's probably about eighteen months, uh, twenty-four months, something like that. So fairly quickly, um, you know, it 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 takes time to 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 get the momentum going. I mean, the first thing you'd have to do is is start hiring people. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the mill is operating now. Nichols Ranch is operating now. Um, you know, we're still doing some work at LaSalle. Um, so, you know, we can go pretty quickly, but, uh, you know, people that say they can get there and, you know, a couple months or something are, are fooling people. But we would look at, we, we, we would start, you know, we, I mean, cause we're already producing right now. Um, you know, we would start ramping up from now to, uh, uh, you know, over, you know, a year or two or so. Um, but it does take time. Yeah. Okay. Do you think there's any price discovery without an announcement from the nuclear fuel working group? I mean, in terms of the global market? Yeah, spot price. Well, Is it going to come back without an announcement from the White House? Well, it has to come back. It has to come back because the true value of producing a pound of uranium is north of $50 per pound at $50, $60 a pound. That's what it costs in the Western world. Um, and really, um, if you look at the fully loaded cost in a lot of, you know, these developing countries, you know, when you look at, you know, the amount of money that was spent on exploration and building facilities and whatnot, if it's not 50, 60, it's, it's not far from that. So it has to come back. The industry will not survive if it doesn't. Cameco will not survive. We will not survive. Um, none of the Western producers will survive. Um, and, and frankly, a lot of the state-owned enterprises won't survive, um, so it has to come back. So people say it's not going to come back. That's baloney. As long as the demand for nuclear power plants um, and, and consumption continues to go up, um, you know, current spot price of twenty-five or twenty-six dollars per pound is unsustainable in any outcome. What are the utilities telling you? Well, I think uh, a lot of people get off in la-la land and they think that, um, you know, this could go on forever, um, but it can't. It cannot. We're, we're, we're consuming uh, inventories. Um, the cost of, of um, you know, running these sites continues to go up. Um, you know, basically those that are still producing are high grading. So, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's not sustainable. So, Anyone who thinks that $25, $26, $30 a pound uh, is going to be here for another, you know, 10, 20 years. Um, well, I, I live in Colorado. I won't say what they're smoking, but it's legal here. So um, it is not sustainable. Okay. So you've got a lot of working capital, more than, more than most, right? You've got a lot of companies. We talked about this again last time, but there have been a few of the smaller companies Share price be knocked. They're having to raise money. Some have, some haven't, um, but they're going to need to real soon. Um, when do you think this thing is going to turn enough for the funds to get interested in funding some of these smaller companies? Or do you think 
these smaller companies are going to get funded. I'm talking about, you know, sub 30 or sub 40 million market cap. Yeah. Look, um, I think that, you know, you know, and I've said this to you before, you know, we've tried to make some, put some inflection points into our company um, with things like what we've done in, in Washington, DC, the alternate feed cleanup and, and everything. You know, I, I don't see the the world global uranium price, uh, you know, going to fifty or sixty dollars in the next month or two or the next year. Um, it may, it may, but um, you know that's why we need at least our company needs um, relief, um, you know, through you know this government support, um, just as. Uh, the Russians and the Chinese provide government support for those industries. Um, you know, what we continue to ask for is we need demand. We need demand um, immediately, not not two years from now, but like in 2020. Uh, we need prices uh, that put us up in that, you know, north of 50, um, well into, well, hopefully into the 60s to come up with a sustainable outcome. Um, to 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 help sort of plug the dike um, for the U.S. producers. Now, not all U.S. producers would be able to capitalize on that because not all are ready. Um, not all have uh, uh, good projects or proven projects, and not all would be able to um, to raise the money to build new projects. You know, if the government gives relief, that relief should be focused on existing infrastructure in the first instance. Mm. Why would you go build a new facility when you have a number of facilities ready to go? So, um, so I don't know if I answered your question, but I, um, I think that for those that have hundreds of millions of dollars of capital costs required before they can get in production, 100% uranium focused, it's a long bow, unfortunately. I wish it wasn't for them, yeah. but it is going to be difficult. Okay. So I'm going to ask that question a slightly different way. If you ran a fund or whatever institutional um, structure and a uranium junior came to you and said this year and said, it's going to be okay. I need some money now. Are you investing in them if they are not a near-term producer or um, say, you know, I'm talking about these kind of 30 to 40 million market cap companies because there are a lot of them trying to tell this story with teams who've not done it before with assets, which as I say, I don't think people are listening to the fundamental story too much. They're just, they're looking, they're looking at the macro. Are you investing in small companies or are you investing in companies with perhaps a bit more of a track record at this stage? That I get. Oh, I absolutely invest with those that have the track record with the assets and the capital. Um, it look, it doesn't mean that um, you know there aren't some very good um, you know new projects that 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 may be worth a small investment. You know, small investment if the market moves. Mm. But um, but right now, um, you know, we're in a we're in a tough predicament. And as I said, the existing infrastructure, the projects that have been put on standby, mm. um, the projects that are ready to go, um, if there's relief uh, you know, through the US government in the United States, it should go to those type of facilities first and not to new facilities. So 
there's a there's 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 a, there's a number of properties ready to go, and um, you know now you know outside of the United States, um, you know we know um, you know there's been some you know good discoveries like you know NextGen um, has a has a, a wonderful deposit still a ways off, um, you know I'm not uh, saying that you know that but that's not the 30 40 million market cap you're talking about. Um, you know, there are some, some, um, properties that I, I, uh, uh, I, I like, uh, you know, maybe one or two in Australia, but, um, but for the near, near term, if I'm a fund manager, I'm going to go with the proven producers, those that have been there, done that and have the facilities and have the track record that shows that they'll be able to deliver an improved market. There you go. Mark, great to catch up. I like your candid responses. I appreciate that. I think you know, obviously, it's tough times for everyone. Um, I uh, hope some news comes out of the out of DC soon. I hope Mr. Trump is uh, allowed the luxury of time to focus on the nuclear position in the U.S. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you in the near future as well. Thank you, Matt. Have a merry Christmas and a good holiday. Hopefully, you get a bit of a break. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.